0: Forever
1: Dog! This is Nicole's girl's of me. She's watched the show like a lot of times. Who is gonna be chief of surgery? The show and it is really really good Merit is great fine live into a rocket and we
2: set the to go go go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Nicole's Great's Anatomy. I am so excited about this episode in which Branson Reese, who is an incredible cartoonist and comedian and writer, and also is my boyfriend of five years, uh, we share a home and a life together. Is on this episode to talk about George O'Malley, who is a character who he really, really, really doesn't like, but knows that I like, and we have a a a, a genuine, uh, deep conversation about his uh, virtues and vices, and we each use clips to make our argument. And it's a lot of fun. Branson started watching Grays through dating me. Like when we started dating, we just watched Grays and I was rewatching and he was watching it for the first time and he got hooked, hooked him. And um, yeah, it was just fun to kind of talk about O'Malley who uh, we have different opinions on O'Malley, but we both kind of agree that he doesn't totally hold up in this year of our Lord 2019. So yeah, that's what this episode is about. And I just want to give a quick reminder up top that you can always tweet at me at silverberg with any thoughts or things that you want us to talk about on the podcast. Um, I'm going to, depending on what you guys want, like start kind of incorporating that into the first part of the episode with anything about recent episodes or things that you want us to talk about or thoughts that you have. So you can always do that on Twitter. Some of you guys message me on Instagram. I'm much worse with Instagram. Stick to the tweeta if you can. And yeah, uh, as always, if you don't mind subscribing and rating and leaving a nice review, that I would really appreciate it. And I think that's all the housekeeping up top. Let's get into this episode. Hello, and welcome to Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. I am so happy to be here especially on this day that we're recording which is honestly just a few days before you're going to be listening to this some great or powerfully damning news from on high Grey's has been renewed for two more seasons today two it's as if the people who said that all pompeo might be done it was like abc wanted to deliberately kneecap them and be like don't you ever say that ellen pompeo is done although you know Everyone has said many, many times when Meredith is done, the show is done, but I kind of believe that anything could happen. The idea that Ellen is on for two more seasons does kind of blow my mind. Um, But yeah, 16 and 17 are coming. Absolutely. Absolutely mind blowing. Anyway, that's kind of the the global greatest news that's going on. But what's going on in this room is something equally exciting and less scary. Um, On the pod today is genuinely my favorite person in the entire world. Because it's not just a person who watches Gray's and has some strong opinions. It's also my boyfriend. Yes, that's right. My boyfriend Branson Reese is here on the podcast today. He also is an incredible illustrator, comics artist, writer, performer, He's on Twitter. He's in my house all the time because it's our house. Welcome, Branson.
3: Hey, hello. Thank you for having me, Nicole.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Branson. I'm so excited that you're here because I want, I mean, it's not like there isn't a lot of Grace Talk in our house, but.
3: Oh, there's plenty of Grace Talk <laughs> in the house.
2: But it's usually about me. And today it's all about you.
3: I'm excited. Yeah, this will be a. a- uh, an exciting opportunity
2: <laughs> yeah this is really part of your brand and it's really going to build that brand for you
3: yeah i've built a lot of my personality on that i watch gray's anatomy
2: mm-hmm. so i guess this the question that i start asking everyone and that i'm going to ask you as well is what is your Grey's journey
3: uh so you you know my Grey's journey because it's just from dating you so we started yeah. dating uh-huh. and you were like this you if you're going to date me, you got to watch Grey's Anatomy. Did
2: I say it like that?
3: No, you didn't say it like that. What, what did I say? We were still like pitching ourselves to each other at that point. So yeah. You say it like that. But it was just like, this is an important show to me. You should yeah. watch it. And I said that about Degrassi, and I don't think we ever watched one.
2: I think it was harder to find. Am I wrong?
3: Maybe. I mean, we don't need to. I mean, that's not like a score to settle or anything. It. I just like, at the time too, I was like, oh, you got a show. I got a show. It's Degrassi. And I haven't thought about it. From saying it then until, like, right now. Yeah. Well, the Drake music video, but that was it.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen Degrassi, and I think I would love it. Right?
3: Uh, You might. It's not good. It's, like, objectively not a great show.
2: Graze is a better show.
3: Yeah, Graze is... I don't know.
2: I, well, you like Degrassi. I'm not trying to make you put Degrassi down I mean, here. I'm trash,
3: yeah. But the... <laughs> like, yeah, but I, I don't know.
2: Well... Okay. I guess what I am say
3: is my journey is we started dating. I started watching uh, uh Grays with you. We got through we got through about five seasons. We got like into the fifth season. uh
2: yeah, maybe even almost to the end. I
3: think we completed the fifth season. yeah, and then it, uh, we just sort of took a break. we've done this with a lot. We did this with like x files too. We just like took a break and never came back to it,
2: yeah. I mean, we moved through five seasons of Grays very quickly. I would yeah, say.
3: I think I needed to like go i like go into retirement for a little like go on vacation
2: yeah and this was just for context uh almost five years ago
3: yeah and then just through osmosis i would say i've seen uh a million hours of Grey's anatomy yeah
2: because i'm watching it all the time and and i watch current episodes too while you're like um illustrating and stuff like that and your back is to the screen but i don't know
3: but i hear it all
2: well i was i was gonna say i think that once you've seen a certain amount of greys, I don't want to like knock the creativity, but it's just like formulaic enough that usually, like, I could watch any Gray's new Gray's episode with my eyes closed, and I would kind of know exactly
3: what's going on on screen. Well, it's a little, it's like we're watching. You wanted to see the Marvel movie, so we were like going through the Marvel movies, and it's like three movies in. It's like okay, this is what they do. Yeah, and it's the same way. It's like not a knock on it, I guess, but it's like yeah, there's a certain formula that an episode adheres to.
2: Yeah. What what was your first impression of Grays when you started watching it? This is fine. Wow, that's kind of lukewarm. I'm a I'm little so, disappointed.
3: Well, it, I was I had heard terrible things about. I had heard that it was awful. Right. I had heard. I'm sure is a lot of like gendered criticism. Yeah. Of it that I didn't realize at the time. So I was like, this is better than I was expecting. And I also remembered I um, the beginning of my Grays journey is it came on when I was in high school originally. Yeah. All I remembered was there was one episode where somebody said J. Yeah. And everybody, like, j- can I we can swear, right? Yeah. Every, well, I didn't know. I, everyone shit their pants over it. They were just like, this is the funniest word a person has ever said. And the next year, it was, it was just, like, untenable. Everyone wanted to say that word. <laughs> um, and, so that w- and so that sort of put a bad taste in my mouth about the show, but I don't think that's, like, the show's fault. You can't hold the show responsible for that.
2: No, that's, like... Well, I was just about to draw a Rick and Morty comparison, but then that really started to collapse. But before it even came out of my mouth.
3: No, I see that. It's not
2: Rick and Morty's fault that shitty people like that show, but also Rick and Morty is not run by the best people. And that is their fault. And that's my official statement, baby.
3: My statement yeah. is, uh, "Oh baby, it's sci-fi.
2: <laughs> ooh, baby, it's sci-fi. A classic review of Rick and Morty. Wait, okay, so you started watching, you were like, this is fine. It's better than you expected.
3: Yeah, and then I got, I mean, by the end of the first season, I was hooked. I mean, like, yeah, it just took a few episodes, and I got into it. Yeah. It's a and good then, show. It's well-paced. It's good. I like the acting. It's good. And then do you...
2: Do you feel like you kind of understand everything that happened in between seasons, like five and I guess like eleven or twelve?
3: I yeah, there was a plane crash. Nailed uh, it. I got the gist. I think. <laughs> I, yeah, there was a, a seasons long plane crash.
2: <laughs> yeah, it just was never ending.
3: No, I don't know. I like the show. I think I've seen... I've put in enough hours with the show that I can. it can safely be assumed that I don't have any problems with it.
2: This isn't an attack. I'm just trying to get your views on Grace.
3: Okay, yeah, that's my view. It's uh, a good show.
2: Well, and you like Christina. You like...
3: I love Christina. You love Karev. I do. Okay, so, I mean, I guess, are we going to get into the thesis of how I feel about characters? Okay,
2: well, I guess I should introduce just... I mean, you know, we're just we're talking generally about Grey's. We'll get into clips in a bit. But we are talking today about George O'Malley, um, who is a, a deeply, deeply beloved character in Grey's canon. But I would say that he doesn't hold up as well upon rewatching. Like, the character's a little dated in some ways. And then also other characters, I think, once you're an adult... Or have lived more of a life. You know, other characters just pop out a little bit more than George does. That's my take. But your take is.
3: My take is fuck George. Yeah. Bury him in an unmarked grave. I
2: was shocked when you hated George so much when we started watching. Yeah.
3: And I I don't want to like antagonize your listeners or anything. Who I'm sure he's like a popular character. I don't. God bless all of you. I wish you all a long life, but, like, I just don't – I don't get it with this guy. I hate him.
2: What about him do you not like?
3: I think it's a – comp. So we, Yeah, we even get into it. He's, like – First of all, he is a time capsule for a weird year.
2: Yeah, I've actually mentioned that once before on the show, that, like, he's an extremely 2005 guy.
3: Yeah, I mean, from his haircut, he's got the, like, the shaggy dog boy haircut from that yeah. year, the little, like – it's, everyone had the picket fence, and then they all grew it out, and it was the same haircut. And like it's, that's where we were. <laughs> picket fence is
2: that like when there's a little fla- uh, flat up top part? Yeah, on the top of the I t-
3: tweeted about it, and I got no sincere responses except uh, Gabriel said it was like duck butt was another name for it. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, the I but, just
2: think of it as oh that
3: that haircut. You know the haircut? I mean, if I said it, you know the one the like 2001 every boy had it like yeah the, that haircut, then everyone grew that haircut out. I'd say everyone. It's like probably just several thousand guys that yeah. were, all of them were uh, in, went to my high school, but they, <laughs> uh, then he had that like shaggy, the like Jim Halpert haircut. And that's like where we were as a Nate later. That guy would grow a beard. Yeah. Later. That guy would like have a big crush on Aubrey Plaza, but like in two <laughs> that, you know what I mean? Like in yeah. 2005, that's who that guy was. And so Gray's like tap. I mean, I think correctly, like tapped into our imagination with that guy. And that guy's George, and he just doesn't hold up well at all.
2: Yeah. I mean, you have, like, very virtuous reasons for not liking George. Thank you. I mean, you you just think that he's, like, he doesn't treat people well.
3: I think he's... So, this is what... So, like, watching it through for the first time, I loved Karev. Yes. Because they present Karev as, like, the anti-George. Right. And I was like, here we go. This, at least he's being honest. But, you know, like, this guy is who he is. And then we rewatched a few... You started the podcast and you sort of started watching it from yeah. the beginning again. And I saw those early Karev episodes again. And I was like horrified. I was like, oh, this guy's a monster. Yeah. He's the villain of the show. He's
2: really, really cruel when the show starts. But I understand being into him because, first of all, he's hot. And second of all... He is
3: hot. He's a hot dude. Yeah. George it, is hot. I think George is like a handsome man, though.
2: Yeah, I As, just, They're all
3: hot. I don't...
2: Yeah, <laughs> they are.
3: That's why you got to watch the grassy. Those are some like... There's some... I mean, and, I like, good for them, but there's some weird-looking kids on that show. <laughs> <laughs> they're all adults now. I mean, like... I just
2: thought that you were going to say that they're so hot, but it was... The no, they start them. getting hot
3: later, and it feel It's like a corruption of the spirit of the show.
2: Wow. Really? Yeah, everyone on Grays is hot.
3: Yeah, they're just hot from the get-go.
2: It's a one-tree-hill approach.
3: Exactly. Even, like, the old old men are hot old men you know what i mean as far as like an old man can be
2: totally yeah i mean they're all very attractive it was really strong of me to talk through that yawn spiritually yeah (laughs) spiritually speaking yeah i mean Krebs really mean but you're he's likable because he yeah he does tell it like it is and he is the anti-george
3: he's also he's mean in a way that's like a tv show character mean yeah it's like oh, this guy, he tells it like an... I mean,
2: he's a bully at certain points. Like when he prints out the pictures of Izzy and stuff like that's that in cool. the workplace. cool, yeah. Yeah.
3: But it leads to good like storyline stuff. So yes. it's like, oh, so you don't, you like forgive that a lot more easily. Anyway, George is on the other, he's like the other side of that where like, I think George is exactly as poorly intentioned as Karev is mm-hmm. up top, but he's just like tricked himself into thinking that he's a good boy. Yeah. And so he's like, he's a Karev that wants a pat on the head. Yeah. He's selfish. He's, like, extremely entitled with his relationship with Meredith. He just, like, refuses to read the room with her. He has this, like, sad puppy crush on her that is, like, he's not present in reality as, like, people around him give him uh, give him information about, like, where they're at emotionally. He's yeah. just, like, he's so blinded by how he feels in any given moment. Mm-hmm. That's why I I just think he's a gross guy.
2: Well, he's really a bad husband to Callie. He's
3: a terrible husband to Callie. I mean, she's not a great wife. This is just a bad marriage. Yeah. But, I yeah, but he's but awful But Callie in at
2: least, like, puts him first. George, like, consistently fails her by not being there for her or not taking the relationship as seriously as she takes it.
3: I know. And they do this thing where they're like, oh, George is in mourning. So he's like, so it's like, it's almost like the show wants you to be, it's like, yeah, George is being a bad husband for sure. We can all agree on that. But, like. But isn't it like he's so sad? So it's his like, dad died, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, but that's George's whole game is like, oh, I'm sad. So I'm like excused from treating people well. Right. That's, I don't know. I maybe I'm, I just feel that's how I feel about George.
2: I, no, I don't, I don't think that that's invalid. I think that it it's hard for me to understand. Like, I, I do know people for whom George is their favorite character. That's a little hard for me to understand. I do understand just liking George because. I mean, you and I talked about what we were going to talk about on this episode. And so clips wise, we've kind of structured this as like, you have some clips that you think make the argument for him being like, not a very good person. Yeah. And like not being an Yeah. (laughs) He's a creep. Um, And then I have some clips that I think show his, the positive side of his loyalty to his friends and things like that. I think he he probably falls on average somewhere in the middle, but I think each of us have Compelling clips.
3: I mean, yeah, I think he's, I think he's a jerk. I think he's a creep. I think he's a pervert, and they won't show it on. <laughs> Wait, it's what do you ABC. mean by
2: pervert? I
3: just get a vibe.
2: <laughs> what you, but what do you mean?
3: I just, that's all. That's all I have. Wait, I think, but
2: I just don't know what you mean by pervert.
3: There's something pervy about it's him.
2: Wait, but be more. Specific. It's not even a
3: performance thing. It's just something about joy. I have no. You know I can't back this up.
2: I know, but I want I want you to try. Like what's an example of something pervy that you think he's It's
3: just his his ways, his, his little ways? fingers. I
2: don't... <laughs> his ways and his say's.
3: Yeah, his way the, the things he does and the things he says. I don't know. I just get a I get a vibe. That's crazy. I've got about a thirty <laughs> percent success rate with guessing people are perverts. Who've
2: you guessed? Uh
3: it's not gonna be fun to list. Perverts that I've successfully guessed.
2: Okay, we don't have to do it. I just
3: uh, for your podcast. I don't think that's going to be like a fun listening experience. Okay. So George, though, <laughs> I do think is hey. a pervert.
2: Come on. Nah. Be real. I'm being okay. real. Okay. Who else? What other thoughts have you had about craze In the I time that you. I love
3: Addison. Yes. Addison's my favorite character. Yeah. I think I like. I always forget his name, but McSteamy. Mark. He's fun. He's got the arc. I actually wish Karev would have had.
2: Yes, you've. Said, I like that. You've said that before, and He's I think like, that is smart.
3: I think that's a fun, like villain into comic relief is like a really fun arc. Mm-hmm. That's like, uh, it's like wrestling does it, but like TV shows, they don't stick that as well. But I think they do with uh, Sloan with Mark Sloan. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Dempsey. I think is an evil man. The actor. Simply
2: because he loves to race his cars. I have something about it's again it's like the perfect. thing. It's just like something <laughs> no, about Dempsey strikes me
3: as like a, a he's, rotten man. He has
2: a very sinister vibe, and yeah, I and think the, it's it it dim, it diminishes like how sexy he and his really like him and Meredith are upon rewatching because you like know how tough he was to work with and stuff. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's a bummer. And
3: the show presenting him as like a good man and like the ideal of a good man a lot of times is it's like oh, he tricked even the show is how I feel, which is completely ludicrous, but that's how it, I feel.
2: Well, do you think that he's presented as a good man?
3: Yes. Oh, yeah. He's I like mean, a dreamboat.
2: He is. but He's he a does...
3: boat He always does the right thing. Even when he's wrong, he's like, it's sort of, he's not totally in the wrong.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, Pat and I uh, had that clip where like he kind of uh, terrorizes uh, Richard with like, alcohol and stuff like that oh yeah that's bad yeah Yeah, and like there well no like there are no but I was saying the the show kind of frames that as being like like he's not framed as being in the wrong in that scene so I do think that the the show tends to give him the benefit of the doubt yeah but I don't know I mean I I love I love him but but I also he's not my type I can't put myself into like The position of like being into him
3: you're saying that me and mcdreamy are not like not that similar (laughs) yeah what while i have you here what uh (laughs) which gray's character would you say i'm the most similar to
2: oh that you're the most similar to um i think that you're like an
3: hmm
2: that's a really good question thank you I think you're honestly like an Arizona Karev blend.
3: Interesting. I don't know much about Arizona.
2: Yeah, you didn't you weren't you were only there for the beginning of her arc. Arizona's like a really like smart, positive person. I love it. And she's really like funny and loyal to her friends she loves being around people she's super social this is great like um you're doing, like the
3: astrology thing or like i'm getting all these good this good information about the character so i'm like yes that's me
2: <laughs> well i'm being more specific than i think Qu- qualities when you're trying to make a a reading sound right but yeah i think i think that you have like all of those um all of those really like social um community qualities that arizona has but then i don't know you kind of have an appetite for chaos and you are a little um shall i say anti-authoritarian and that never i think runs through korev so i think you're like a nice blend
3: you are but no matter
2: what you work in peds
3: i def oh i do work in peds i think i, think you I do. work in peds
2: yeah. Well, I mean, besides the fact that you're also like extremely squeamish.
3: That's true. Um, I just wouldn't be a doctor. There's just no world.
2: Yeah. You can't do needles.
3: Oh, yeah. that's you, a, So wait, we can you get couldn't into that. Do, that could have been what this episode's about.
2: Yeah. Well, let's get into that in a second. First, you have to tell me who I am. Christina. You're just saying that because you know that. that's You are like. Christina, though. What? Well, I'm not all Christina.
3: Then you're Weber. I don't know. I'm just pulling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Weber. The alcoholic, just
2: because you're an alcoholic.
3: (laughs) I'm that aspect of Weber.
2: You know what? Actually, you kind of you don't know Amelia very well, but you of the alcoholics on the show. Oh, there's
3: multiple alcoholics.
2: Yeah, baby, we got it all. Which one's the
3: teenager? Betty. That's. I'm not Betty, am I?
2: No, I don't think you're Betty. No, you're not Betty. But Amelia has an appetite for chaos.
3: That's. It's so nice to have a a multi-character. Um, piece of media with like multiple alcoholics I can choose from.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't.
3: It's about time I had a (laughs) win.
2: (laughs) I was telling you that there was a really good part in last week's episode where Meredith gets caught um, committing insurance fraud by Weber. And she never intended for Weber to find out. But Weber like says very seriously to her, like, you're forcing me to lie and that compromises my sobriety. Interesting. And you can't do that. And I thought that that was, I was proud of Weber for advocating for
3: himself like That's that. Part of my sobriety, I'm still allowed to lie. And I I cherish my, my lies. Oh, yeah? Never to you. I, uh,
2: uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, never. Well, uh, we spend.
3: You most, would know. I'd be busted say, in a second. We, I couldn't. First of
2: all, I'm very good at sussing out lies. And second of all, we spend truly almost every moment together. And so how, when, what would the lies be yeah, about?
3: <laughs> come on.
2: Yeah. This is fun. Um Oh, okay, wait. So we were what was the thing that I said that we were talk about in a second? I don't know. Oh. The, uh um talking about um uh, is it the
3: needles, George? Yes, okay, needles. Yes, needles.
2: Yeah, you have turned your your face Fucking away from the them. screen. I'm not
3: This is I'm right. This is a, the culture is is wrong on the Like well, I remember when I was a kid, you could like flip through I'm sure you still can. I just nobody does it. I you could like flip through channels. And you'd be minding your own business, and suddenly there's an open heart on the screen that like mm. just metal prongs. You're look, you're nodding. Like it's a, like, yeah. There's it's disgusting. I don't want to see the inside of a body.
2: Yeah, you have. It's so funny because you. Your boundaries are just very interesting to me because you—it's not gore that you don't like. It's truly like medical. It's it's medical gore. It's like
3: precision stuff that I don't. I don't like needles. I don't like stuff like going into the skin.
2: Anything, but like a
3: chainsaw ripping a head off is like fine.
2: Right, because you love horror movies and stuff. Yeah, you don't like anything having to do with an eyeball.
3: I don't like eye stuff.
2: Yeah, even with your own eyes. It's kind Especially of Especially with
3: my own eye. That's where no, it comes but, from. But
2: I'm saying, like.
3: I, mean, I don't yeah. like watching somebody get poked in the eye, but yeah, a needle can go into my eye and I'm fine. No,
2: I just mean, even with like, it's kind of a miracle that you're able to wear contacts and stuff because you just, you're very. I'm
3: sure it all comes from that. It was a long road getting those in my f- head. Oh, was it was really? Oh, yeah. You were, you started Your out listener, life. there's just a 0% chance that they give a shit about this, but okay. I, it was a long journey to get contacts in because my glasses were giving me headaches because I have very bad eyesight. That's true.
2: You're almost blind.
3: Uh, yeah, it's true.
2: I mean, I, that's just accurate.
3: It's true. I will go to jail if I drive a car without lenses.
2: Yeah. Well, you wouldn't be able to go to jail because you would be dead.
3: That's true. There's yeah, absolutely no chance that to, you wouldn't get... Best in like case an, scenario, I'm arrested. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, it's a Cali in Arizona level car crash like instantly
3: yeah don't i mean i haven't as we as i said before i made it to the end of the fifth season that's
2: the musical episode
3: the musical episode are you ever gonna do talk about that one
2: yeah larry owens wanted to talk about the musical episode we weren't able to get the scheduling right but larry owens host of new forever dog podcast what makes you sing well, oh. hopefully we'll be able to come on and talk about what made the Grey's anatomy character sing which was truly an act of the devil
3: was it just cuz the that Buffy episode?
2: Yes, it is actually exactly because of that.
3: It's all from that Buffy episode. That every show Which I it. haven't seen. It's good. I mean if if you like I don't know if you're not sold on Buffy, you're I'm sure you would despise it, but if you like Buffy, it's fun.
2: Yeah, this episode is not fun. Sam Reese, who's been on the podcast was like I Started watching it, and I was like, I love this. This is for me. And then immediately was like, nope, actually it's not. Couldn't finish it. Rachel Winitsky, who has not yet been on the podcast, but has been watching through Grey's Anatomy, you know, you don't expect that that episode is going to be the musical episode. So it just starts off. Being a regular uh, episode, and then it becomes a musical episode. And I think it's very hard for it to not feel like a betrayal. Yeah.
3: So it's, has anyone finished? Is it like a, a two girls, one cup of Grey's Anatomy <laughs> episodes?
2: I think that if you are, if things are like kind of, like I don't have a high um, tolerance for cringe and it makes sense. No, me feel you like don't. I have no. a very, 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 very low cop tolerance. Like there are some episodes of The Office that I have to turn my face away from. Um, I just, I don't know. I get so embarrassed. Uh, But, I, I watched it through kind of through my fingers when it first came out. I think part of what makes me embarrassed about it is that it's very clear that some of the actors were like, I really don't want to fucking do this. So not every person on Grace sings.
3: That's well, that's how the Buffy episode works okay. too, where like Alison Hannigan clearly didn't want to sing. Yeah. And so they keep like there keep being sort of like excuses and reasons for Willow to like sort of bow out of this one. Yeah. And the vocal quality of the cast is like all over the place
2: yeah no everyone has been in a band or done theater or something. I mean, Sara Ramirez is like an incredible singer who's that um cali Oh,
3: she's yeah, by it yeah,
2: I don't know if she won a Tony or just has been nominated, but she was in um several shows the on Beatles? Broadway oh. yes, yeah, she was in the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know this, but she was in the Beatles um she's old yeah, she's old and um and uh not who you think. What if it was Ringo in disguise who is on Grays?
3: That would be preposterous. It would
2: suck. Um but yeah, the the episode I think I don't know. I think that there are people who really like the musical episode. I just don't know any of those people. Yeah uh Sam uh chandra said that I she like wanted it. to do one like from the minute she started the show like she said she like always had the idea for it which blows my mind
3: no i think i don't think that well oh, it doesn't surprise me it's like i think when you do a show people like love to do like a one-off like oh a genre bending episode it's a like community built the whole series around like each episode's a different show. it's not totally true but you know what i mean like yeah it's like I'm amazed they never did a musical, or I just stopped watching if they got to it. But the yeah, you know what I mean. It's like oh, this is the cartoon. This is the.
2: Did you watch the Riverdale musical episode?
3: I oh, you giving a thumbs down. I
2: <laughs> is <laughs> that the Megan one where Post- they
3: do what's the musical they do in that? I can't remember if I saw it or not. That show. I think is they've done actually more
2: than one musical episode. Am
3: is I it wrong? the one where they're doing the musical at the school and Betty's mom is involved. Yeah, there's
2: that, and then there's also another one that's like firmly.
3: Yeah. Okay. Like I a only Heather's saw the musical. one where they're doing. The, I forget what musical they're doing at the school. Oh, okay. That show is. I do like that show, but that show was an assault.
2: <laughs> in what way? It's like
3: an attack on your senses. The storytelling is all over the place. It visually, it is like somebody said, like, uh, oh, Blade Runner is like not quite neon enough for me. And so there's like all these weird, like, they're in the Pacific Northwest and like everything is lit with neon. Yeah. It's just everything's pink and purple and foggy and so it looks cool i i love the way it looks but it's a weird uh it's a weird show yeah not a controversial take that riverdale's a little strange
2: <laughs> and riverdale we do things a little differently um i'm trying to think if there are any other general gray's opinions that you have before we should get into the
3: clips i don't i don't uh, yeah, I don't think I have any.
2: Okay. Well, we're going to take a small break where you're going to hear from uh, an incredible sponsor for the podcast. And then when we come back, we're going to get into the clips, baby. All right. Welcome back. We are talking with Branson Reese about George O'Malley mm-hmm. and just generally... I don't know. This is such a funny episode because I've been present for all of your gray's journey. And some of it has been forced upon you.
3: Well, I feel I feel like bummed for your listeners too because it's like some of this I've like already worked through and I have to go back and be like, oh, yeah, when was I mad at George? Like four years ago when I was like, oh, I hate that guy.
2: No, you still talk about I it. I still hate him.
3: <laughs> but it's you're getting a like, if you can believe it, I'm like really subdued for how it was i think you would agree with that there used to be like steam shooting out of my ears when he'd show up on the screen
2: yeah you just really didn't like him
3: i'd roll up my sleeve and there's a tattoo that would indicate how angry i was my oh arm. Is yeah that a famous cartoon thing or am i thinking of a specific is that like a trope
2: it's like an angry person on the arm who then like gets mad yeah i don't know if that's a specific thing i don't know i'm not the person to ask in fact you are the person to ask
3: yeah and i don't know so i'm <laughs> i was wrong to ask you sorry
2: Apology accepted. Really
3: <laughs> made a fool of you in your own podcast.
2: Yeah, I don't know enough about old cartoon tropes to really knock that one out of the park. But I do, yes, you do have that tattoo from that thing.
3: Thank you. <laughs> That's Nailed all I it.
2: ask. Nailed it. Okay, so you have four clips. I have three clips all about George O'Malley, the boy you Who love lived. to hate. <laughs> he did not live
3: oh that's true he died he died terribly but i hadn't been so i think this is actually important and it's probably part of the reason people love george o'malley is he died a hero but not for me because i stopped watching before that happened
2: you probably stopped like one episode before he dies
3: you know what canonically to me george is still alive and still like pouting when he doesn't get sex (laughs) so i think that is like part of my no i don't have to defend it no george living or dead i don't like him
2: okay noted
3: i think the best character on the show is the driver of that bus
2: branson i'm
3: standing by it
2: branson that's oh
3: my dms are open come at come come at me (laughs) that
2: is spicy that is a spicy tape.
3: the unnamed do they show that i've never seen the episode
2: no the way that the episode is structured is um o'malley so, I mean, TR Knight did not have a ton to do on his last season ish of Grays. Like, he's just kind of floating around. There was the weird stuff with Izzy and Callie, and he's like, oh, yeah. Kind of unmoored, just from a writing perspective. And they have brought in all these new interns, and it's just like, and there's Lexi. There's just like so many people to keep track of. So.
3: Oh, I forgot. By the way, TR yeah. Knight. I'm sure is a lovely man. I have nothing against him, I should say.
2: Yeah, I think that is important. And we saw him in record.
3: person one time. We oh, didn't yeah. talk to him, but we were like near him. We were
2: behind him at the Emmys. And I,
3: I residually got embarrassed because I was like, oh, I have been so mad at your face, before, but it's not your fault. Yeah. He seems like a good person.
2: He seems like a very good person. I totally agree. Um, in any case, uh, it comes out that George has actually enlisted to join the army to be a medic scab um, taking after what's that
3: there was a i don't know i just created a canon that there was like a army strike when he did that oh i called him a scab okay i'm just lashing out at okay George. no i'm I, sorry I, I, I i'm giving you no, no i'm
2: episode. giving you i'm I, giving you the space to do that
3: Uh thank you i honestly the space was the most punishing thing you could have done for me there
2: and that was also by design
3: i know you let me sit in it yeah well okay well george's i think we can both agree george's scab. so he joins the army he joins
2: the army he Um, goes to tell his mom that he's going to join the army. And while he's telling his mom, everyone at the uh, hospital finds out about it and is like livid. And Bailey, who like named her son after George, is like, George is not army material. Like he's going to get, yeah, he's like, he's going to die. He's going to get ripped apart. Like, who let him do this? And everyone starts getting mad at Owen. And everyone's like, you talked him into this. You did this. Meanwhile, this whole time they've been treating you know patients because it's a regular episode. And at the end of the episode, this guy who got hit by a bus and is covered in, like, burns. And just, it, it, it's, he's in very, very, very bad mm-hmm. shape. He's, like, this whole time kind of been trying to, like, give a message to Meredith. Like, he wants a pen to write something, but he can't hold it. And then he takes Meredith's hand and writes on it something. Right. And he she's writes... like, what are you trying to say? And she realized it's 007.
3: License which, to kill.
2: Which is what they, you know, in the
3: early season. Because he it's somebody.
2: Yes. It, it's, like there's, it's like there's hospital canon that it's, like, if you kill someone, they call you 007 he's yeah. not like the only doctor if it's your first ev- day
3: at the hospital you gotta kill somebody the, <laughs> yeah the that's, fight club rules
2: yeah that's something like that in any case she realizes that it's george so george never even got to see his mom he it's got like hit a, by a bus on his way yeah it's
3: like a reek reveal in the books
2: of game of thrones how does that reveal happen
3: it's different than on the should i should i'm spoiling i don't know but the I everyone it's knows fine. it's fine he's dead anyway the uh the the there's like reek chapters in the books before you realize that it's Theon. Oh, uh uh-huh. And then it's like, it's this shocking reveal if you're reading in like 1999. Otherwise, everyone knows about it. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's so funny. Um. Okay. So first clip. Do you want to start with you or start with me? Let's start with... Th- I'll start. Okay. So the first clip that I have is the speech from his dad do you this, want to set this up
3: yeah this is like for me this is sort of like a thesis statement from his own father which is like what a burn about like sort of what's wrong with george in a nutshell
2: yeah well do you want to set up where to like what happened in that episode
3: okay you're gonna have to walk me through it a little because i don't totally remember he's like he's hunting with his family yeah they're going
2: turkey turkey and he thinks hunting. he's
3: better than his family and i know i'm being uh, uncharitable with that but like he thinks he's better than them and They've been at. They've been like, pick a car. What's your favorite car? And they, and he won't do it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's technically right. They're out to shoot a turkey. George is really uncomfortable. He doesn't want to do it. He also just feels like he doesn't belong with his two brothers and his dad. All they want to do is talk about cars. They want to like put turkey blood on his face. Yeah, like he's like just,
3: he feels very bullied.
2: He feels bullied. He feels like not manly. He just generally feels um like he's out of place. Yeah. And he eventually kind of snaps. So his brother shoots his dad in the butt. Um and so they have to go bring his dad to the hospital to remove the bullet from his butt. And um and he snaps at them in the hospital because also they were really teasing him about how he's not a real doctor.
3: Uh, okay, yes. That was like true. the other
2: thing. Like they were like, "So what do you do?" and he's like, "Well, I watch surgeons do surgery." And he, he, they were like, "So you never do anything?" And he's like, "Well, it's very, I'm an intern. He's like, like I'm I, I, there, I yeah. watch. Like, I, I will do things." And he eventually snaps and goes into this big speech about like, "You always ask someone to pick a car, and then you say this, and then you say this, and then you retort with this, and like basically kind of like, takes them to the cleaners, so yeah, to speak." Yeah, yeah. And um, he comes back into the room when his dad has just kind of been like ass out on the table. And this is what happens.
0: I thought you'd forgotten about me. No. Where are
1: Ronnie and Jerry?
0: The nurse told them that the cafeteria was open. Oh. You didn't have fun today.
1: It's not that. No. No, I didn't have fun.
0: You hurt your brother's feelings.
1: Dad. You did? They talk to me like I'm stupid. They call me Georgie. They've never treated me like I'm one of them.
0: George. Jerry is a dry cleaner. Ronnie works in a post office.
1: I drive a truck. You're a
0: surgeon. You're not one of us. I know it, and they know it. You make sure we know it. Dad. I'm not I'm not blaming you. It makes me proud you're so smart, like I did something right. It's just, we try. We try to include you, but you don't like the stuff that we like. And we don't know how to talk about the stuff you want to talk about. You're not one of us. But damn it, we don't treat you like you're stupid. You treat us like we're stupid. maybe we are, but we're your family. Give us an inch, Georgie. Every once in a while, pick a call.
1: I saved a guy's life on an elevator last month. I performed open heart surgery on him right there. By yourself? By myself. Just like a real doctor. Hmm. That's something. That's really something. When vagabonds are passing by. To keep
2: myself away I really love that scene It's a great scene Yeah Oh no I'm oh. doing Okay I did something horrible With the time code
3: um, It's a really sweet scene Where he's doing Ass surgery on his dad and <laughs> This is the first day Of my life Is playing
2: Yeah I just think I don't know Part of it I think Is the performance Just the way that the dad That actor is
3: That actor rules he's And he's fair. being so warm While he does it too It's really Just twisting the knife On Georg- yeah. Georgie
2: Georgie. I mean, I think that the experience of watching the episode is that you are on George's side up until that. You know, you see him like he like having to like kill a turkey, and they're using the and they won't let him leave until he does it. Yeah, I'm saying like I think it's really good writing. The way that it's
3: like this really good reversal. It's a good. It's good writing. It's a good episode, but it's also it's like his dad is. His dad's right there. And His dad's like, absolutely right. That's George's MO at all times is to like, he talks down to people. He is, con- I know he doesn't see, he's very low status. So it's like odd to think of him being condescending, but like he is condescending. He does like think of himself as like this rarefied person. Who's like a cut above the rest
2: yeah i can see that
3: he thinks of himself as like better than his brothers and it's like and yes. i think it's also it's like that outburst from george is because this is something george does as a character that drives me not nu- drives me nuts when people do this is like he bottles up all of his feelings and then explodes yes which is so unfair to everyone around it's just like, just communicate just like your brother like uh, these fake brothers who a writer invented it's like i'm sure they would like I'm sure they'd be a little more fair to you if the first time they pushed on you, you were like, don't do that. That makes me feel bad. Like, right. The dumbest, like jerkiest brother in the world would like, I'm sure would like that would give them some sort of pause.
2: Yeah, I guess I never really doubted that because I'm a girl. I have a sister. I just the dynamics between brothers. I just took at face value of like, oh, well, he can't. You know, he probably got made fun of by them a lot like he was different from them like he probably didn't feel confident enough to push back. But I think you're right that as an adult, I mean, when he snaps yeah. at them in I mean, this episode, I'm, they take it seriously. Maybe i just
3: project because like my brother and I just like would just tear into each other when we were a kid. We were just like so verbally mean to each other all yeah. the time that it's like that's just do like you it's a give and take relationship that's my understanding of like how brothers work is yeah. if one person it's like actually more aggressive to back out of that yeah and then suddenly start getting your feelings hurt by that of like whoa when did you start doing like that's not the game we were playing
2: <laughs> yeah yeah no i that happens with sisters too that, okay great then but, yeah yeah uh that happens with sisters okay so my first clip is Just a real... It's just like a... It's a George clip that I really like. It's um, Meredith and George. This is beginning of season three. And, like, everything's really weird between everyone. Like, everyone's kind of got... Like, it's Izzy's first day back at work. She's kind of a little loopy. You know, this is post-Denny. Yeah. Uh, Christina's in it deep with Burke. Uh, George think uh starred Dane callie maybe even married to her i can't really remember um but uh this is a scene in the elevator and i just i just love it so let me pull it up
1: okay i'll be christina for you if you'll be izzy for me deal derek had a woman in his trailer last night she was ugly very ugly Except she was tall and beautiful. And he was naked. Oh, uh... McDreamy was, was doing the McNasty with the McHotty. That McBastard. Uh, how was that?
3: I was Christina good.
1: Christina, real? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. yeah Channeling Izzy. Go. Okay. Um, uh, Callie, she won't forgive me. Uh, she won't talk to me. but She dumped me. Which is, uh... I don't care about you know at all good because you deserve better you do you are George I mean seriously 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 Is that Izzy optimistic that's very Izzy what the hell has happened to us we are now the people that the people we want to be with avoid we have careers to think about We don't need attention from them with perfect hair. No, we should make a pact. There's no more dating. No more Derek, no more Cal. Just 100% focus on our work. They're dead to us. They are freaking corpses to us. Preston Burke,
3: what a pleasure. I have read so much about you. What a segue, too, with a handshake.
2: Yes, fist bump into a handshake with Preston Burke and a patient.
3: Really beautiful editing.
2: Thank you. I think that they would appreciate that. Yeah, pass it along. I will do my best. Um, I love that scene f- for a lot of reasons. I think it's just like a good, funny, gray scene, lighthearted. You can tell because of the music.
3: If you want to be with my ha- That one?
2: Uh, sorry, can you do that again? You bring me down. You bring me down. Uh, Is that ringing a bell? Sorry, just one more time.
3: I'm tapped out.
2: Okay, fair enough. Really liked it though. Thank you. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I- I think I don't know. I think that's just a fun scene for both characters. And I think that... It's just a good George. He does that's good a good George. A good George.
3: Just, look, I'm not saying he should be removed from history. No,
2: I, you're just saying the most heroic character in all of Grey's Anatomy is the bus driver who exactly. killed him. Exactly.
3: Yeah, thank you. That's all I ask is you just get it straight what I'm saying. <laughs> the Look, I would say that's a, that's a very fun scene with somebody who I am glad got hit by a bus later. But he is... That's like the best that George can offer.
2: Yes, I think that George. So my the argument that I suppose that you could say I was making I'm making through my clips is that he's uh, a very good friend and a good doctor, and I think that the a really good argument that you make in your uh, in your clips is that he cannot be there for the people he loves most.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. And it was like he's being a good friend of Meredith now, but like. He's also not a good friend to her for a lot of the series.
2: Yeah. Well, I think when he, he feels like his needs supersede theirs. Yeah. So, like... things get really dicey. This
3: is great. George is very good here because I don't think Meredith's needs are getting in the way of his needs. So, he's... So, you're getting a good George here. Yeah. When that's the case, he's all... He's all the... He's all fun music in the elevator.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's true. Um... I think I'm going to do one more of mine and then we're going to move to you. Great. Um, okay, so this is one of... I think that I think that O'Malley is a very good doctor. I think that he gets... Uh, not emotionally involved in the way that Izzy does, but he definitely like... Kind of forgets what the actual job of a doctor is with them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas, whereas Izzy gets emotionally attached and lets her emotions like like kind of just erase her being a doctor I think that O'Malley like I, I don't know how to I feel like I'm doing a bad job explaining that's So I don't know what
3: you're saying he like goes into a fugue state and forgets about reality
2: <laughs> yeah um, almost I think that well I guess so in this this is the clip where like like he'll get he'll become so devoted to like getting something done like I need to convince this person to get surgery that it's like anything's on oh, the table. Yeah.
3: He's very task oriented.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which actually he kind of speaks to in this clip. So this is, this is a case with a kid who has a heart condition, which you can, I'm guessing from memory because he's really pale. <laughs> and I think he has circulation That'll issues. That'll do it. Yeah. And, um, he's a vampire. And he, and his parents, he like just spent a lot of time in hospitals. He's really unruly. And the first time we meet him, he's like threatening to pull the fire alarm if they uh, make him get surgery. And the doctors don't really know how to speak to the kids. Like, he's like, promise me I won't get surgery. And they kind of hesitate and he pulls the alarm Mm. and the parents are like kind of humiliated. And so this is kind of the next time that we see him. Um, Okay, here we go. Hey Duncan. I'm gonna put an IV in your arm real quick and then you can go back to your plane, okay? What is it? Oh, it's a little tube we put in your arm. No. Duncan. No,
1: it's going to hurt. Come on, kiddo. It's not going to hurt. No, it's going to hurt. It's a needle. It's going to hurt. But it's only for, what, three seconds?
3: I don't believe you.
1: You don't believe me? What, do you want me to prove it to you? I'll prove it. I'll uh, have Dr. Uh, Gray put one in me. This is a tourniquet. And uh, you wrap it around your arm. I know, you're just going to look so away. that cool, cool. Vein cool. Pops look out. away with the See? Needle. Like that? So now... The needle, that's the part that's gonna hurt. That goes in, and that's yeah.
2: Okay, you can look now. It's fine. Hurting. Thank you. Blood's gonna come out of a tooth, though. It
1: don't care. Hurts and doesn't hurt anymore. And now that stuff goes into here. Doesn't hurt at all.
2: Okay, I'll do it.
0: Okay. And
1: I'll go get another red kit. Okay. Wow. Really good at this. Oh, I was an airplane guy, too, when I was his age. Uh, so airplane guys, I think we just like to know how things work.
2: I love that line. Okay, I can sense some hostility from your uh, side you of the table. completely
3: low blow. <laughs> showed me a need after I made this whole... I made myself vulnerable in front of millions of listeners.
2: Millions, yeah. I... Okay,
3: it... You you did know it was coming. You're like Aronofsky using <laughs> violence to beat a pretty bad story into his audience. <laughs> That's a
2: huge compliment because that means that I have incredible sway with young actresses.
3: That, and you do. I. It means that I should I'm, be more responsible with. It, it. means that
2: I'm an unchecked abuser who gives is, deserves believes that they they deserve free creative reign.
3: Yeah, Aronofsky sucks. but the yeah. the. the I, I I mean I forgot what even happened in the scene because all I'm seeing is a needle going into an arm.
2: And that's a shame because it's a great scene. He like convinces the kid to get an IV because he 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 knows what's that he just needs to see that what it's like first. Okay. I really relate to that kid because I think that the things that scare me the most are like just not knowing what something's going to be like, and I think that's really that's a really good moment for George that he is able to identify and he he talks to kids in a really good way. Yes. He handles that one really well. And actually that's something that you guys have in common.
3: But I talk to kids well? Yeah. But I would never put a needle in my arm for a kid. You would? I guess, eh, sure. But you would. Don't make me think about it.
2: I am not making you think about I'm, it. Someone's
3: making I'm thinking about you're it. it make, hap, I didn't, you're making both I of never, us think about it. Oh, my God. It. And
2: then this is your fault.
3: What's the next clip? The less time that this clip is in my brain, the better.
2: Well, that's not really fair to me, who chose this really wonderful clip about George O'Malley.
3: Knowing that it would just set me off.
2: Lord... Lord help me! I didn't know that it was going to be an a literal crisis.
3: It is. It is a little. It is a literal crisis. Now
2: I have to ask, what would you say is the difference between yourself right now, completely derailing my wonderful clip because of your own needs, and George O'Malley who? often hurts the people that he loves because he feels that his needs are the most
3: important because i uh i i clearly expressed what my own needs were going into this something george o'malley is unable to do you
2: didn't before this second, podcast say that, that no needles th-
3: oh did i did i not say it a million times while we watched Grey's anatomy the second <laughs> the needle showed up i went oh boy you saw my eyes bulge out of my head and
2: i said just look away and I and I did, and then I told you very lovingly. And then you said you looked back at the to screen, back.
3: and I looked back, and boy, there was a needle in an arm.
2: Okay, but it was in there. You didn't see it go it's in true. there. It's true.
3: I didn't see it go in. Yeah, you saved me from the worst of it. And then
2: I was, and I told you that there was going to be blood coming out of a tomb, and you communicated to me, that's fine.
3: That's true. That part was fine.
2: Now that we've recapped the clip and our own conversation that we had over the clip,
3: yeah, listeners who <laughs> missed that minute are going to be so relieved they don't have to rewind. Huh. So what's the next clip? What did I? It's yours.
2: Yeah, when he's not a very good husband to Callie. Uh Ah, this is after the hand washing incident. Do you recall? Yes. Yeah, basically, Callie and George are dating. Callie has slept over. She like goes and pees in the bathroom the next morning, like Uh in front of the other girls who are in there, which they feel weird about. Which honestly. I'm on their side. Yeah. But then she leaves without washing her hands and they talk about it like all day. And then it's like it kind of like gets around and becomes like this off like this office place rumor. It's the workplace like the I rumor. think you should
3: leave sketch. Which one? The uh, mud pies.
2: Oh, yeah. It is kind of like that in a way.
3: Well, it's just this like building of this like small thing builds into.
2: Yeah. No, no, no. That's totally true. Anyway, so this scene that is at the end of the day. Uh, when George, like, comes home to Cali and she's had this horrible day because they've been so mean, which they have. They've been really mean. They're really bad to her. Yeah. I washed my hands. I, I went down to the kitchen and I washed my
1: hands. I didn't wash my hands in the bathroom because those girls were staring at me like I was a rodent or something. I was in high school and I was having the naked dream and it was actually happening. I didn't even know they were home. I washed my hands. (sighs) You have to stand up for me. You have to say I washed my hands. sorry you're driving me crazy with the hovering
2: um yeah
3: so i'll be the first to admit a bit of a tactical error on my part to bring this clip in Uh george takes responsibility for what he's done he has a nice jacket
2: (laughs) that's true but i do think that that is one of that Similar it, exchanges happen multiple times throughout the show. No,
3: it do, it does point towards George's, like, cowardice actually being selfishness.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he, like, doesn't know how to, like, prioritize relationships.
3: No, yeah, that's a big problem he has. It's like he's basically, he's a very, like, least resistance type guy. Yeah. And so it's like if somebody is charismatically being bad to somebody he cares about, he's just not going to stand up for them. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he does it at some points in the I'm like, unfortunately for my own argument, like warming up to him a little from that clip is like, yeah, she chews him out and he was wrong and she had a really bad day. And I mean, I think
2: the context of the episode leading up to that of how much he like believed them.
3: Yeah. But the problem is I can't bring like a 40 minute clip of like, so the rising tension here is that George, yeah.
2: Also, I think I said that that was him being a bad husband, but I actually don't know if they're married yet.
3: I have no idea what the, where they are in their relationship there. Yeah, that's like
2: end of season two. I don't, they're not married married yet. yet. But still, he's
3: being a bad boyfriend.
2: Totally. Well, and after they're married, he's a bad husband too.
3: The thing to do... I mean, if we are in a situation like that where people are like, Nicole doesn't wash her hands. It's like, you gotta just be like, she did wash her hands. You know, like, you gotta... Right, and,
2: like, lay off her.
3: Or, yeah, it's like, she did, you didn't see it, or, like, she washed them later. It's like, you just... You go to or, bat. like, be for,
2: like, nice to her. I love her.
3: Exactly. It's like, you make it about you, then it, he's certainly good at that.
2: Yeah. No. And y- you've gone to bat for me when, you know people on twitter are threatening to kill me and stuff so that's true so that's what a fun chapter that's of the your biggest life to... accusation of not washing your hands at all
3: that's it's as bad as it can't can get. wash
2: your hands and heaven or hell. I don't think that either exists, but that's really neither here nor there. Wow. Things got to a place I didn't In a intend. second! On a, a dime! On a dime! Jesus Christ! I don't know. I felt like I was lying when I said heaven. And then you just looked like, me well, right oh, in the eye hell. and said,
3: there's no heaven or
2: hell. <laughs> well, do you disagree?
3: I don't care! I just was cool. it Was a, such a, a, a heightened...
2: Yeah, it wasn't my intention. I didn't set out to do a podcast on George O'Malley and then End up saying that I think after death it's actually just nothingness. Um, when we talk
3: about when we talk about George O'Malley,
2: what we talk about when we talk about George O'Malley, the
3: afterlife. What's the next clip that I brought in?
2: Uh, this is your this is your double feature. Okay, so here this we- this is your your piste de de résistance. I added a le in there, out of fear
3: that you just completely alienated your French listenership.
2: Ugh. Again. Hon, hon, hon. Oh, no, no. There go the rest. <laughs> Sacre bleu. <laughs> oh,
3: je m'appelle.
2: <laughs> je m'appelle un French listener.
3: Oh, Sauvignon oh, Blanc. Oh, ratatouille. Oh, Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> Pepe Le and Giorgio Mallet are not so different uh, characters <laughs> if you think about that. <laughs> They have the same drives. Two
2: very stinky people. They are stinky men.
3: They'll think on we'll have sex.
2: <laughs> Two horny men.
3: Bebe <laughs> Le Pew was a man.
2: Yeah, fully grown. They call
3: him a stinky man. Yeah. Uh, what's this? So what's these next clips I brought in?
2: Talk. Tell me about them.
3: Uh, so one of them is George. Uh, well, let me start with the other one. This is. Uh, this is.
2: Maybe start with your thesis. Yeah, I'll start with okay. your thesis.
3: So uh, where we are in time, George O'Malley, he's uh, hes a product of his time. He is a time capsule of 2005, which very quickly uh, culture started to change right after it. We had uh, the same year that Grey's Anatomy debuted, I believe, was the first season of The Office where America met uh, a repackaged version of Tim from the British office Jim who was like retooled just a little bit to be uh, uh, just a little bit less of a loser and a little bit more of like the lovesick boy we all root for who is uh, we root for him because he's nice and he's the main character mm-hmm. and that's it. And he's like uh, he's sort of a, I mean this is a I feel like about a year ago or a little over a year ago everybody just like collectively watched The Office on Netflix. Yeah. Or most of it all the way through and we just like we rehashed it and everyone sort there was like there was the take and then there was the bash, backlash to the take where everyone was just like should we reevaluate Jim Halpert as a man and it's regardless of where you land on it i think he's a bad dude and sort of a boring character regardless though of like whether you even agree with that or not he's definitely a snapshot of where guys were in 2005 or where a certain type of guy was in yeah. 2005 and so George is also that, but I think to Grey's Anatomy's credit, he is a little bit more realistically drawn version of that guy. Because he
2: doesn't always come out on top.
3: Well, and you see, yeah, and you see how the way that he's selfish with love or the way that he prioritizes how in love he is with somebody over their own actual feelings, how that affects the people around him. And so I brought in two clips. One of them is this famous clip from The Office itself. Yeah,
2: I thought that that was... <clears throat> wow, I started to literally pass away. Um I think that that was smart to have us see these back to back. So this is first we're going to listen to Jim telling Pam that he loves her and then we're going to listen to George.
0: Hey, Halford. Keep an eye on her, all right?
2: Okay. We'll do. Bye. Hey.
0: Hey, how's it going?
2: Good. Especially after I took all your money in poker.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, uh, can I talk to you about something?
2: About when you want to give me more of your money? No. I Did will. you want to do that now? Literally. We can go inside. I'm feeling kind of good tonight.
3: I was
1: just. um, I'm in love with you. What? I'm really sorry if that's weird for you to hear, but I need you to hear it. Not good timing. I know that. I just.
0: What are you doing? What do you expect me to say to that? I just need you to know. Once. Well, I, um. I.
1: I can't. have no idea. Don't do that.
0: What your friendship means to me.
1: Come on. I don't want to do that. I want to be more than that.
2: I can't. I'm really
1: sorry if you misinterpreted things.
2: It's probably my fault.
1: Not your fault. I'm sorry I
3: misinterpreted
2: uh, our friendship. That does not hold up. Oh, boy. I'm sorry I
3: misinterpreted our friendship. Get bent.
2: Yeah, that fucking sucks. That's bad. Yeah, that's bad. And and so much emphasis on I needed you to hear that. Okay, well, good. You happy now? That said, when that that came out, I was like horny for that.
3: Sure, everyone was. Yeah. Who no. among us can say they weren't? Yeah. I, yeah.
2: So, owning up to my own uh, deal with that, but mm-hmm, not good. Okay. Second part of this double feature. So, let's
3: play that same scene. And <laughs> here's how it would have gone in real Well, not in real life, but here's a, a little bit more realistic take on that same scene. Well, we're not
2: going to see the fallout that's the more realistic part, but yes. Here we go.
3: Oh, I have a good segue. Oh, yeah? Instead of what I just said. Can you say, yeah? Uh, uh, here's that same scene in a minor key. <laughs>
2: can
3: you keep the almost an entire minute of me thinking up a better line of silence <laughs> before that, too? Come in.
1: like in. I know I'm not a world-renowned surgeon. And I know I'm not a lot of things that you've gone for in the past. I know. But I would never leave you.
2: Uh.
1: I would never hurt you. And I will never stop loving you.
2: starting to
3: it's a steamy shot uh, oh boy
2: it sucks oh no his shirt's coming off okay can it can it (laughs) it's hard because like uh they are the same clip but also what's more realistic about grace is you see this immense and horrific fallout after and with the office you uh you don't.
3: Well, you get the phone call. You There's like a phone call later where she's talking to her mom or she's like,
2: yeah, yeah the guy don't from know, work. Is my I my best friend.
3: I really like him, though. I don't know what I want. Like, and then he comes and kisses her again. She's and, a
2: lot more pained than that. But
3: yes. You get. Yes. But it is less pain. Fact check. <laughs> than the like t- 10 episodes that follow this of Meredith being like, I can't believe I slept with George. This was the worst thing anyone's ever done. Yes.
2: She is horrified at her own actions. And I've talked about this before. But then later, George admits he's like, I knew that she didn't actually want me. And then I did it anyway.
3: Then you're a villain. That's the worst thing. What's wrong with him? Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. That is villainous. That's worse than anything Karev ever did that I can remember, which is not a lot. <laughs> fair. Fair enough. Yeah.
2: No, that's true. I, Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible thing to do. And this is Karev didn't get tested and gave people syphilis. That
3: sucks. Oh, that's awful. I didn't remember that. That's terrible. He
2: eventually, he through transitive property, property, through Olivia, gives George syphilis.
3: He that, gives him. Well, then I'm fine with it. But the, it's, uh, <laughs> oh boy. The how quickly I turn. The, uh, it's, oh, God, I'm just like, I'm having trouble organizing my thoughts. That's terrible. The, but that's where we were. That's where we were. We were at this, like, droopy hangdog guy uh, admitting his seasons long love for, uh, this woman that he pined for. And, and that's that, what we And that he's want, our hero for sure. While doing a so. droning emotional note played at mm-hmm. night. And uh, George, you can't t- tell from listening, but George is dressed like Shaggy from Scooby Doo in that cl- he's like a green T-shirt and Shaggy hair, and that's what we wanted. We just wanted, we couldn't get enough of that. A few years later, the, we would we were sated as a we wanted Mad Men, but like we were just at this weird moment in time. I don't know what it, it was Bush or it was. I have no idea what was causing it. And I the more I try to guess what it was, the dumber I'll sound. But like. That's where we were, and that's what we yeah. wanted, and that's what George—that's what George is from. And so, the longer—and I feel this way about both shows—the longer both shows are, are on the air, <coughs> the more that this character is a relic of a, a quickly fading bygone era. Yeah. And George, they figured it out by killing him off. Yeah. And Jim, they just changed his personality. They do. They completely changed Jim's Jim's personality. I don't know why I'm why my voice went up like that. Yeah, Jim's personality changes. He goes from being like. This guy can't catch a break to, like, the ace of The Office that everybody loves. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it it's like there's more to do with that, at least, than...
2: Yeah, that's true.
3: He's uh, the nice guy. It's this, like... I
2: really took a lot out of me watching those.
3: George is—he's uh, like a proto—I uh, don't know what I This is maybe irresponsible, but he's like a proto incel. Maybe he's just like—that's a lot to say. That's a lot. That's a lot. Eh, I'm not going to stand that's by that. That's rough. I'm, well, I said it. Branson, uh, cut it then. Come I don't, on. No, I'm
2: not. No, I'm not going to cut it.
3: I'm going to just. Why keep it in here? I don't care. I don't. The but that's what I mean. That is like that's what jo- That's how George operates. George is the—he's this guy who's like, well, because I'm sad, I'm owed something. And I think that's yes. jazz that's that's George's As thesis. I said,
2: that's jazz.
3: That's jazz. And baby. that's jazz, baby. <laughs> At the end of the day, uh, that's jazz. A
2: beep ba ba <laughs> Oh, satchmo said it best.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad.
2: Ah, prick out the old saxophone. Cause that's jazz.
3: Ooh, feeling bad. I'm owed a kiss or two. <laughs> Play my saxophone. <laughs> that's George, I mean, that is George. <laughs>
2: that's jazz and that's where i
3: stand on george bailey rules though bailey does rule bailey's cool and
2: that's actually the perfect segue to my last clip which is oh yeah there's another clip yeah (laughs) bet you forgot um but i have another clip it is of course
3: i forgot you had another i forgot what was in my own clips that i brought yeah definitely forgot about your clip
2: yeah you're you're not the most memory forward person i know but i like that
3: well great because I, I just I'm truly a little out of my control yeah um so let's see this next clip we got Bailey
2: well it, it's about it's kind of about Bailey uh this is the episode where Bailey is operating on the paramedic who is Nazi and yes Tucker her husband is waiting in the lobby because they need to have lunch to discuss their uh their marriage which is falling apart and he keeps having complications and she keeps sending George down to talk to Tucker to be like she needs half an hour more, she's coming down, she's coming down, and finally Tucker is like, our marriage is over and leaves. And she saves this guy's life, but like not a good day. But when she closes him up, she like doesn't arrange the skin flaps
3: completely oh, yeah. right.
2: So she messes up she
3: fucks his swastika up.
2: Yeah. And so A noble act for sure. Very noble act. Um and this is just, I think, a really, really great um George scene
1: well you bit more damage than we saw in the CT and then we found a perforation in your bowel but we took care of it all and you should have a full recovery well not a full recovery (laughs) doctor she did this on purpose right I don't understand you have a black partner right yeah Mary? Yeah. Do you know how she is? Are you you two friends? Look, I'm not the devil, okay. I'm just a guy with a belief system. Mary's a nice girl. We saved lives together. That's a good time. Now, if she wanted to marry my brother, I'd have a problem with that, but so would a lot of people. I'm not that much different than most of the people that you know. Well, Dr. Bailey did save your life today. Black woman saved your life at a great personal cost. So maybe next time you're looking at your tattoo and you're thinking how much better all us white guys are than everyone else, think about that. Because between you and me, if I had been alone in that OR, you'd probably be dead right now. And uh, since we're sharing belief systems, I believe if you were dead, the world would be a better place.
2: great scene. Hell yeah George. Hell yeah George. I forgot
3: about that scene. All right, I take it all back George. Well no I know. so George is Antifa and that's great and that's really good. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that's why the left needs a big tent because like even like a scummy dude like George is like he can be a comrade in his own way that's so true. And that's why uh, that's where I, I mean that's where I stand on George. He's a uh, bad guy until the, uh, the Nazis start needing surgery and then he's a good guy.
2: Yeah, I fucking love that clip. That's a
3: great scene. I'm glad he says that to that guy.
2: Yeah, it's like he sticks up for Bailey, and I like that, but it's also just him being like, and also, like, I wish you were dead.
3: That's a really good, that's a great scene. Uh, What a good place to leave it. I'm glad that that fake Nazi was humiliated.
2: I was uh, thinking about, when I was watching that, about just, like, how yucky it is to have to play someone with a huge swastika tattooed on their belly.
3: Well, you know what is I had mistakenly thought that was the Ken Marino uh, cameo. That's the
2: one where, that's the shooting one.
3: But he's like the chef or something. He's like, he works at the he's restaurant. He's the manager
2: of the restaurant. He's a huge asshole. Yeah. Which is
3: crazy because the first, when I worked at Red Robin, my first job was at Red Robin and my manager straight up, I, I'm sure, I know they didn't. I know that's just like a, a type but like Ken Marino's party down character must have in some way been inspired by my boss at Red Robin who – so you'd think I would – anyway, that guy, I thought that Nazi was played by Ken Marine. In my memory, I had, like, switched the actors up. Um, Yeah. That's such a – yeah, it would be awful to be the guy who's, like, remembered for being a Nazi.
2: That being said, that guy has an extremely generic face, and I don't know if he's gone on to do anything else, but that's only because his face is very generic.
3: They have, like – they both have, like, big, handsome guy faces. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm so happy that you did this. I was happy to
3: come on. Thank you for having me. Yeah.
2: We just have the last thing to do, which is a Shondalogue, which you said you had an inspired idea for.
3: Oh, yeah. I would like to do it in. I know I spent this whole time talking about George. uh, But but let's not
2: forget about the other your other enemy.
3: There's another enemy I have on the show. Another guy I do not like at all for different reasons. And it's Owen. Yeah. Yeah. Who at least George gives us some good storylines. But oh, I mean, maybe, maybe Owen does, but I don't. I haven't seen them. Owen's just so boring yeah he's so gruff and there and I do this actually extends to and I wouldn't say this if he was in the room because I'm a coward but the actor I think has like a performance style that's very masculine in a way that I think there's a lot of actors that are like that it's like oh acting is like a wimpy pastime so I'm gonna be a tough guy actor Mm -hmm. and he has a real tough guy vibe as an actor and that really puts me off do
2: you think it's just that he's Scottish
3: maybe i don't know maybe i don't like scottish people i was kind of I making say,
2: i was kind of making a joke but,
3: but wait, maybe it is him i, I was making so. a joke oh, that just, that, like, that would, his american accent makes him sound like that
2: well i do think that some people who put on an a- accent can kind of only do like one type of vocal quality which makes sense because it's hard to do an accent
3: yeah that's like if i was gonna be to put myself to invert it, if i was gonna do a scottish Character, it would be have, like doy. it'd have to be Scrooge McDuck. That's like yeah. the only there's <laughs> no other like vocal timber I could hit.
2: Yeah, um, okay, I'm gonna play a song and then you're gonna go for it. Okay, do you, do you feel ready? Sure, yeah, okay, good enough.
3: Because I'm trying, I'm trying to give you my love, and you're not. You're not accepting it. I'm... Every day I'm out here doing my best. And I am a surgeon. And I was in the war. And I'm trying to love you. And you're making it complicated. You're talking about how you feel, and you're holding me accountable, and it's confusing to me because I am do- I am working work up
1: Jesus. a sweat trying
3: to love <laughs> oh you. There is a fan <laughs> about to explode on
1: my forehead, and I am doing my absolute best. I have a weird little beard.
2: <laughs> Can we oh my know. god.
3: Nah, i, that I hated that yeah, i hated it boy i had this oh god my throat roasted got him. absolutely got him <laughs> worth it i don't, you'll let the listeners decide
2: wow that was uh i felt like i was in a tunnel <laughs> <laughs> that was tough
3: it felt I you felt- definitely
2: pulled from actual
3: owen speeches Oh, good. I don't. This is all just off most. I've never like paid attention to it. Yeah. Owen you know, you episode.
2: never, never watch straight through any part with Owen, but... but I'm just
3: like working and Owen will show up and I'm all it's like the mood dips.
2: Yeah. He does that.
3: That I felt like I was like the temperature was being increased and I was trapped. Yeah. Was terrible. I've like activated my own fight or flight.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that was awful. But thank I'm you. Sorry. That was perfect. No, <laughs> it was you. perfect. But thank you. And also, wow. Ouch. Um, I guess I have to do an Owen speech too, yeah. then, right? Oh man. Well, here we go. I. Oh. <laughs> this, this is hard for me. You, needing things, is hard for me. Just because I can't decide doesn't mean that I don't feel deeply. We were there. We were in the wars. And no one except for you knows. And I've tried. And I went to one day of therapy and that kind of worked. But I've dated every woman in this hospital. All except And not the interns, because say what you will, but I am respectful about power dynamics. But I know that I messed up, it's kind of what I do, but we were in it. I don't know, I can't even put myself in that. I hate him so (laughs) (laughs) much.
3: could Bring yourself to say war in other times. Oh my gosh. Uh, do you have like a you have a Grey's Anatomy like playlist?
2: Yeah, I do. I've, I've started kind of pre screening some songs from the big Grey's Anatomy playlist and putting them into the smaller one because it just was too painful to have to like click through and have the ones that were like, rah, rah, dee, da, da, like oh, at yeah, the beginning when they're yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect recreation of that you yeah, know the way it was what like when it's about to play no yeah. Hulu yeah you've heard that many times yes I have <laughs> yeah but there's always like something when they're like getting ready in the morning it's like wow,
3: yeah those like are, there are a lot of knowing. those yeah there's a lot of Tegan and Sarah t- I'm sure well that's, but yeah I love that but well, there, I'm not saying it's bad I'm just saying it's a lot
2: there's a lot early on it, it definitely peters off
3: there are also a lot of uh, they learned
2: about other bands
3: there's a lot of Regina Specter ballads that I had never heard. I like only hear in these episodes.
2: Yeah. Well, as a big Regina Specter fan in high school and college, I knew most of those songs that were on, but any recent Regina Specter hits? You would have hated this. There's one season like maybe 11 uh, that the entire season soundtracks are like is acoustic covers of like Songs from the '80s and stuff.
3: Oh, that's distracting. Yeah, I think it was I really hated distracting. That. Yeah, it wasn't that
2: the songs were bad. It was just it always says, took you out of it.
3: When there's somebody says you would hate this, there's a part of me that's like, I would love it. Like you don't know me, but that you're right, I would have hated that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I. You know me. I do know you.
3: It. uh That's a. Yeah, that's some like Harold and Maude. Yeah.
2: Oh man, thanks so much for doing this After um having me I love you I love you <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yeah, I love you too what that was too much No, it's
3: not too much I just what
2: was- do you mean Jesus
3: it was I wasn't expecting it. I love you. I love you, too.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. I am so pumped that you made it all the way to the end for me to give you this little message. I'm on Twitter at NSilverberg. And uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, it's a great place for you to listen to it. But if you don't mind hopping over to Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating, subscribing, and a review, I would really, really appreciate it. Uh, And if you have mean things to say, pretend I didn't say that, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you again next week.
3: Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram,